Good morning, Orlando. Good Friday morning to you here at 6 o'clock as you check in just in time for our latest look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic right here for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this morning SpaceX tries again today. We'll have details coming up in one minute. The Budman's take on the CIA no torture policy. I say it's wrong. I'll tell you why we need to be allowed to terrorize the terrorists. Next on Good Morning Orlando. 601 on News Radio 1025. There's a 60% chance of favorable weather conditions as SpaceX tries again to launch its new Falcon 9 Block 5 rocket from Kennedy Space Center today. Yesterday's liftoff was aborted just seconds before launch time, as announced by a SpaceX commentator. Um, we threw an abort at just inside of T-minus one minute as Falcon 9 had taken control of the countdown. Uh, those abor- aborts are part of the standard process to make sure that everything is working just as we're expecting. Uh, much better to have those sorts of uh, signals on the ground rather than any time during ascent. The launch window opens at 4.14 this afternoon. The rocket is carrying a communication satellite for Bangladesh. And am I correct, they have a long launch window here, so it's not like 30 seconds and out, right? They go a couple of hours, as I understand. Yes, that is correct. A lot, of, a lot of folks are going to try to get out there, you know, and a lot of folks were very disappointed yesterday, but uh, if it doesn't launch right away, they do have a shot at it for quite a while. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. President Donald Trump held a campaign rally in Elkhart, Indiana last night. Trump thanked Vice President and Indiana native Mike Pence. You're making Indiana proud, and we are all making America proud. We are rocking. We are rocking. The president touted his administration's progress on the economy, North Korea, and a range of other issues. A White House official is under fire for reportedly saying that Senator John McCain doesn't matter because he's dying. The Arizona Republican opposes Trump's nominee for CIA director. According to The Hill, White House Special Assistant Kelly Sadler said McCain's opposition doesn't matter because, quote, he's dying anyway. McCain was diagnosed with brain cancer last summer and has not been in the nation's capital since late last year. We prescribe a little sensitivity training, I think, for that employee. Gee whiz. At the very least. Yeah. A Brevard County Sheriff's deputy is recovering from serious injuries sustained in a crash while trying to make a traffic stop on State Road 528 in Cocoa yesterday. Witnesses say Deputy Nathaniel Kirk was thrown off his motorcycle when he hit a dead animal and landed in the median. A Central Florida theme park announces a major expansion. Legoland Florida says it's adding the Lego Movie World next spring. Following the success of the Lego Movie, whose characters populate the children's theme park, it'll feature three new rides and a new playscape. The Quest for Chi interactive boat ride will be closed May 29th for a revamp associated with the new attraction. Legoland says it's the biggest change since the Winter Haven-based park opened on the old Cypress Gardens site in 2011. I'm Gordon Bird. A 95-year-old woman arrested in Daytona Beach for slapping her adult granddaughter will not be prosecuted. Prosecutors are dropping domestic battery charges against Hattie Reynolds. Police say they're reviewing their policy that requires officers to arrest what they call the primary aggressor in a domestic violence call. Boy, I gotta tell you, it was a vicious, unprovoked assault by a 95-year-old. Hit the granddaughter with a slipper, Alan. I mean, you know, you got to lock her up, put her away, right? Somebody's got to put a stop to this. And apparently they are. Well, and, well, I don't know about that, but they certainly are in terms of arrests in a situation like that. Right now, the arrests, it doesn't matter the condition or age of the person. Right. If they're the aggressor, 
then they are to be arrested. Yeah, so they were a, following policy. We need a little discretion here. At Ponte Vedra Beach, day one of the Players' Championship is in the books. Tiger Woods shooting an even par 72 at Sawgrass Thursday in the first round of the so-called fifth major, the Players' Championship. Tiger, after the round, talking to the Golf Channel. The golf course doesn't seem very hard, but if you're a little off, uh, you, you get penalized pretty severely here. Woods faring better in the first round than one of his groupmates, Phil Mickelson, lefty, shooting a 7-over-79 in the first round, a struggle for him. It's right now a six-way tie atop the leaderboard in the Players' Championship at six under par. Among that group, American stars Dustin Johnson, and Matt Kutcher. Matt Napolitano, Fox News. WFLA News time is 6.05. A cable TV worker is stranded in midair in his utility bucket by an angry customer. That story is online at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Welcome to Friday morning on the 50,000-watt front porch. The Bud Man here, Alan bringing us the news on Fridays, and Yaffe's in the control room, and he's our producer. We'll be taking your calls at 407-916-5400. Text line open, never busy, 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. Alan, you mentioned uh, they're hiring down at Legoland, right? Yeah, they're expanding. Big expansion, right. Yeah, yeah um, in that connection, it might be a good time to mention this because I was going to save it for later, uh, but there's a major job hiring event down in um, in Winter Haven, and, um, and Legoland is going to be interviewing and making offers on the spot for part-time work at the expanding attraction. And um, uh, lines of work, uh, you know, in, in restaurants, in banks, in law enforcement, and on and on and on. It's um it's a great event that we are proud to support here at WFLA. Um it is the Central Florida hiring event which is going to be on May 18th, next Friday, one week from today, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. in Winter Haven at Nora Mayo Hall. Bring your resume, meet employers looking to hiring in all kinds of fields. For more information now, go to um if you'd like to participate in this Go to 1025wfla.com slash hiring. That's Good Morning Orlando from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. In a moment, the Budman's got an ally. I want good old-fashioned post-9-11 enhanced interrogation techniques still available here in the United States. And former Vice President Dick Cheney, agrees with me, as you will hear in a moment. I will make the case and see whether or not you agree with me that the no-enhanced interrogation policy of today's CIA is wrong and dangerously naive. Stay tuned for your shot at winning your share of $880,000 in cash in our Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. Listen for the new keyword of the hour, then text that word to 200-200. It's coming right up. You could be our next $1,000 winner. Also coming right up, as you know, if you're a regular here, my update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. I'll have that for you here in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Sat there and watched the fine Trump pick for CIA director who will be the first woman to take that top post, veteran CIA operative Gina Haspel, grilled by the sanctimonious Senate Intelligence Committee, at least the Democrats, most of them were, you know, and the preaching was, you know, we can't confirm you, we're very concerned because 
You were there when we waterboarded some 9-11 terrorist suspects after 3,000 Americans were slaughtered in the worst terrorist attack on American soil, the worst attack of any kind on American soil. We lost more on 9-11 than we lost at Pearl Harbor, for crying out loud. And, you know, she was forced to say what I don't think she feels in her heart, because otherwise she would have had no chance to get the votes needed to become the CIA pick, and she is absolutely eminently qualified in every way. She said, if I am the head of the CIA, under no circumstances will I permit us to reinstitute in, uh, enhanced interrogation techniques like waterboarding that were used post-9-11, but now the laws have been changed because, my goodness, this is runs against American values and quote-unquote torture doesn't work etc., etc. And I went off on this yesterday because I think if we have another 9-11 mega attack in this country in particular, and inevitably I think we will, God forbid we get a city nuked, and suddenly we're back in immediate post-9-11 mode saying, we got to find these people, and we got to find out what they know and what they're planning and what is next. And that's what waterboarding and other techniques like this were all about, that we would be screaming to go back there. And if that happens, God forbid, it cannot be against standing American law. We have to have this in our arsenal to use as a last resort to break these people down. And it was great yesterday when I ran into an interview with former Vice President Dick Cheney on the Fox Business Channel. He was the VP under President Bush 43 when the 9-11 attacks killed some 3,000 people on American soil. And Cheney, there he was, talking about the value of and the need for the U.S. to be able to use enhanced interrogation techniques like waterboarding to get information from radical Islamic terrorists like the 9-11 mastermind Khalid Sheikh Mohammed. Here's Cheney. He's the guy who got waterboarded more than anybody else. Uh, I think uh, what we did to help ultimately produce the intelligence we needed to be able to get uh, bin Laden. And uh, so I supported it wholeheartedly. Uh, I still do to this day. If it were my call, I would not discontinue those programs. I'd have them active and ready to go. You tell me that uh, the only method we have is please, please, pretty please tell us what you know. Well, I don't buy that. And I think uh, the uh, techniques we used were not torture. Uh, it's, a lot of people try to call it that, but it wasn't deemed torture at the time. The techniques we use are techniques we use on our own people in training. You know, it was very interesting as Dick Cheney. I think he's right. And that's exactly where I was coming from yesterday when I really got into it on that topic. Do you agree with Dick Cheney and the Bud Man on this? We need to have this as an option when needed. These religious fanatics, radical Islamic terrorists, are very tough to break. We did break Khalid Sheikh Mohammed and got information, as Cheney said, that led us ultimately to kill bin Laden several years later. We need this option, and everybody's so sanctimonious and they're apologizing for it. We need to be better than this. We need to set the standard in America. This is counter to American values. This kind of thing, waterboarding, whether you call it enhanced interrogation or, or torture, we can have the semantic fight, but let's not. I mean, give me a break. These people are our terrorist fanatics who want to destroy our way of life 
and want to kill every one of this in of us in their perfect world. We have to have this option. Do you agree with me or not? 407-916-5400, text line 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. By the way, John McCain um, will not be there to vote in the Senate on anything like uh, the CIA pick. He's, he's, he's battling brain cancer, as we know, and he's in, he's in Arizona, and he's not coming back. He has said that. Um, but at any rate, he recommends against confirming Haspel because she was a part of this waterboarding program. Uh, back just after 9-11. McCain was in a North Vietnamese prison for five and a half years. Unbelievable. He was tortured big time. He even admits they broke him. So torture worked on McCain, as awful as it was. They got information from him. I can tell you. I mean, I don't know, and I hope I never have to find out. I'm sorry. I think I would I would give up information if I were if I were on the short end of enhanced interrogation, some kind of torture or whatever that I wouldn't give up about this country otherwise. I think you have to have it as an option. Can we please get realistic about this, folks? Or are you going to get on your moral high horse and be sanctimonious and tell me, well, it doesn't work and it doesn't comport with our American values, but man, I'm shocked and appalled and I will never listen to Good Morning Orlando again as long as you take this hard line on torturing radical Islamic terrorists. I'm not going to apologize for getting tough on terrorists. Neither does Cheney. The president says he's a fan of waterboarding and worse even though he'll follow the law. 407-916-5400. What do you think? CIA is not allowed to waterboard any other thing that might be like torture. It runs counter to American values, and it doesn't work, quote-unquote, except there's a lot of evidence that, in fact, it does. I say we need to go back to having the options that we instituted post-9-11 to break down these radical Islamic terrorists should we have another, God forbid, mega attack like 9-11. Roger, you were first to weigh in on the phones when I got into this. Good morning from Winter Garden, Roger. Good morning, Bud. I used to fly the F-106 out there from New York where some young guy named Bud was on TV in Syracuse. Oh, I remember you guys. I used to do stories out at the Air Force Base. <laughs> you guys were awesome. You used to take yeah. me up in B-52s and C-130s, <laughs> and it was awesome. It was a good time. But uh, in, in all seriousness, we uh, have what's called resistance training in the Air Force and all the military, where basically you go through all the techniques that someone's going to use on you. And uh, there are things you can do and there's things you can't do as far as re- your response to them. And first of all, you don't want to piss them off, make them work on you harder. But uh, we call it resistance training. Uh, the waterboarding wasn't bad for me, but the one that got me was when I used to hallucinate when I put, got put in solitary confinement. Mm. And of course, but then we have our snowflake crying room. You get in a room, they fill it full of tear gas. You take your gas mask off to show the effect of the gas mask on the gas. Oh, boy. Little things like that. You uh-huh. know what? What? But that's part of it. Now, let me ask you a question. Let me ask all the people out there. If we're doing that to train us, resistance training, how to respond, do you think maybe they're doing it too? Excellent call. Thank you for this, Roger. Lots to think about there, and I thank you. Bill in New Smyrna Beach, good morning. Good morning, sir. I want to thank you for your show. I'm 
recently moved here from Louisville, and uh, doing. I've been traveling to Lucia County all week and listening to you. Really enjoy your show. Well, welcome um, aboard, my friend. Your seat on the fifty thousand watt front porch <laughs> is permanently reserved. Oh, thank you. Uh, one thing uh, is interesting when you term torture. I consider abortion torture. I consider torture within the war. Uh, all, 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 you know, all things are good because we didn't get hit again because of Rumsfeld and Ash, Ashcroft and Cheney took action and went after other clusters and cells of terrorists who had similar-like motives yeah. to duplicate 9-11. And they, got, they were removed because of intelligence, and they took our um, special trained forces to take action and eliminate the problem. My son's a Navy pilot. He said that they've gone through similar uh, training when they're, if they were shot down, they have to go off the deserts and survive. And uh, they were interrogated as if they were prisoners. So it's not torture. It's, well, we have to be realistic. To we, we, we have to have the option or we need to understand this enemy for what it is. Thank you, Bill, so very much. Quick check on the text line as Alan Spector gets ready to update us on the news. Yaffe? Yeah, but a lot of people agree with you. Um, one person says, I'm not for gratuitous, vindictive type torture, but in, enhanced interrogation techniques um, to protect the country is okay. Yeah, listen, I've been reviewing uh, Japanese World War II torture techniques. Waterboarding, walk in the park compared. It's, un, it's, almost, it's almost too much for me to even share with you. That's major league torture, okay? At any rate, I mean, I hate the topic, but I think we have to be honest and discuss this, and this country needs to get real. Good morning, Orlando, from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. News coming up. Good morning to you at 6.30. On Fridays, we get our news from Alan Spector. And, Alan, you have much more on the headline I just brought our listeners a few moments ago. Yeah, as you mentioned, Bud, Orange County authorities are working to identify that young woman whose body was found yesterday in that retention pond out near Goldenrod Road and Colonial Drive. Now, despite reports of alligators in that pond, Sheriff Spokesman Jeff Williamson says the woman's body showed no signs of bite marks or any other damage. Now, I know that you'll have lots of questions regarding alligator, no alligator. There appears to be no damage to the body, no alligator bites, no um, damage to face or or anything like that, in perfect condition, uh, just deceased. So there are no alligator bites or anything like that. Williamson said deputies are working to identify the woman, as we said, whom he described as a dark-skinned Hispanic or black female in her late teens or early 20s. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A man shot last month by Castleberry police died Monday. Police say two officers shot 41-year-old Joseph Hoffman at a home on Griggs Avenue after he shot at them. Those officers are on administrative leave as the FDLE investigates. A Wildwood man is facing voyeurism charges for taking upskirting videos at UCF's graduation. Jesse Wiggins was arrested this week for taking videos with his phone of a woman and her 10-year-old daughter last week. The March of the Bull comes to an end on the steps of the state capitol. Retired Orange County firefighter Bull Hill walked more than 650 miles from Key West to Tallahassee to honor two colleagues who died of cancer. You know, the first 107 miles in the Keys was alone. And it was hard, but it was for a reason. Hill wants the state to mandate better benefits for the families of firefighters who die from cancer. Patty Thurman of Tallahassee lost her husband two years ago. People don't realize-
realize when they go into fire service, they're not just putting their lives in danger for fighting the fires, but they're exposed to all kinds of chemicals, and then they don't really realize it, especially when they're new and they're gung-ho. The march may be done, but Hill says their fight is just beginning. Rick Flagg, Tallahassee. For the third time in four years, the Tampa Bay Lightning are in the NHL Eastern Conference Finals. That best-of-seven series against the Washington Capitals starts tonight at Amelie Arena. Bolts defenseman Victor Hedman says the Caps are not pushovers. Well, they got great speed up front. Obviously, a lot of guys that can put the puck in the net. And obviously, a great goaltender, world-class goaltender. And, uh, you know, just an overall great team. They wouldn't be in this situation if they weren't. So, uh, so are we. So, it's two great teams going at it. And uh, both teams uh, deserve to be here. And it's going to be a great series. The puck drops at 8 tonight. Game 2 will happen Sunday evening also at Tampa. WFLA News Time is 6.36. I'm Alan Spector, News Radio 1025 WFLA. Get these stories and more at 1025WFLA.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now. As we bring in Gina Cervetti live from the New York City Bloomberg Newsroom with a Bloomberg Business Report. Good Friday morning to you, Gina. Good Friday morning to you, bud. Pretty solid day on Wall Street yesterday. How are those futures looking Uh What about those oil prices? Take it away. All right. Well, this morning, the futures are signaling a higher Wall Street open, and investors are watching for April data on import prices. Also, an early look at consumer sentiment for May. On Wall Street yesterday, a second straight day of solid gains. The Dow up 197 points to 24,740. The S&P up 25, about 1%. Same thing the day before. Yesterday, it closed at 27.23. And the NASDAQ up 65 to 7405. The Bloomberg Orlando index rose about seven-tenths percent. Yesterday, we saw strength in telecoms, healthcare, energy-related shares again as oil continues to march higher, and it looks like we're headed for a second straight weekly gain for crude. Yes, you've been reporting all week long. A lot of major corporations have been reporting their earnings, and so it was, I guess, with um, a top cybersecurity software maker. Didn't do so well, and the stock prices tanked. Well, many people probably familiar with Symantec. That company projected revenue and profit in the current quarter that will fall short of analyst predictions. The shares this morning are down 25% before the opening bell. They are the top cybersecurity software maker. They disclosed an internal investigation into an unspecified matter, citing, quote, concerns raised by a former employee. Symantec says it's alerted the SEC, and as a result of this probe, it will delay the filing of its annual report for the fiscal year ending March 30th. And as you've been reporting for us, Toys R Us is on its way out of existence. Uh, How about an update on uh, on um, on on the toy store that will soon be no more? Yes, as the end nears for Toys R Us, customers are being invited to come to the liquidation sales and snap nostalgic selfies with a Jeffrey the Giraffe banner inside the stores and using the hashtag always a true kid. Former workers may find themselves using a different hashtag and that is hashtag severance pay. A yeah. group has They've launched a petition seeking severance that would give each of the chain's 30,000 workers more than $15,000 under their plan. We don't know how the company's responding to that yet, though, do we? No. Okay, fair enough. I know you'll have it for us when that information is available. And finally, Disney's new Avengers movie is doing great box office here in the States. And now it's tapping into the Chinese movie-going market, right? 
Yes, Avengers threatens to obliterate box office records in China, but after already doing so here at home, IMAX said that it had its highest advanced ticket sales ever in China by far for the film, which opens today in that country. The movie already earning well over a billion dollars worldwide. Bloomberg analysts say the film may cross the one and a half billion dollar mark with the China debut. Okay, fair enough. That's it. Gina Cervetti with a Friday morning edition of the Bloomberg Business Report. As always, live from the Big Apple, New York City. Have a great weekend, Gina. We'll catch you next week. You too, bud. Thanks. Thank you very much. Do appreciate it as always. So what's bugging the bud man on a Friday morning? Not much. I'm having a good time. But the every kid gets a trophy culture has struck again. And I got to share this with you. And plus, I'll give you an idea of what real torture is. Japanese World War II style in a moment. That and an update on Atlanta's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Most of our World War II veterans have gone on to their final reward. Now, it's so long ago, but I've got to tell you, when you go back and realize what they endured when taken prisoner by the Nazis, and I think especially the Japanese, who are actually worse than the Nazis, which is almost impossible to imagine. In that regard, it is just incredible how man's inhumanity to man in a war setting in particular knows no depths. Here we are debating, well, we waterboarded three people, 9-11 and all of this, and it was just terrible. We simulated drowning. It was torture. We can't go back there. We're not going to confirm somebody for CIA director Gina Haspel, who was a party to all of that in the wake of the 9-11 attacks. Man, I mean, we're, we're all a bunch of whiny wimps in comparison to the heroes of World War II. Look what they endured in Japanese prison camps. I'm only going to give you a couple of these, and I have had to, you know, I've had to modify some of what I have gone back to review and read because it's just too much for this time of day on live radio. But, you know, supplies were running low throughout the Pacific theater during the war, so the Japanese began selecting prisoners at work camps, a lot of Americans, to consume cannibalism. But it's worse. In some cases, the soldiers, the Japanese soldiers, cut flesh from still-living prisoners to eat so they would get nutrition. That's torture. Common practice by the Japanese to remove subjects' organs or to cut off their limbs, but it gets worse. They did it without any painkillers or anesthetics. Japanese soldiers had a form of bamboo torture, as it was called. Allied prisoners made to lie down on a bed of sharpened bamboo shoots. Not too tough? Well, get this. Bamboo, that bamboo can grow a couple of inches per day, and the persistent plant can penetrate the flesh, and over the days the bamboo climbed right through the soldiers, impaling them until they talked or were dead. And we waterboarded three people post-9-11, and we just, we can't go back that way. It's not our values. Oh, please. And now the every kid gets a trophy culture has struck again at a high school in New Jersey. This really does bug the bud man here. I think competition is good for kids. I think I think kids need to learn how um, to work hard for a goal, to succeed 
or to learn from their own failures and know they have to try harder to reach their goals. This is how you make strong, functioning, competitive adults as Americans. This is how you maintain American greatness by lighting up the competitive spirit in our kids and demanding of that of them that they compete, that they experience success through hard work or failure. That is a greater teacher than any success. In the Hanover Park High School in New Jersey, one parent complained when their daughter did not get on the cheerleading squad. She tried out and failed. The entire school system folded their tent. They they folded their tent and said, that's right, we need to be more inclusive. And so now they are. Anyone who wants to be on the cheerleading squad, just show up. You're on it. So much for the girls who work their hearts out to prepare themselves for competition. This wimpification of America and the every kid gets a, a, a trophy culture. This has got to end, or this country's greatness will be solely, slowly ebbing from it. Really incredible. But we've seen a lot of that, but that's the latest example, and that's what's bugging the bud, man. I feel a little bit better now just having an opportunity to share it with you. So much going on. We're pretty ambitious here on Good Morning Orlando. We'd like to try to keep you up to date on everything you need to know, local, statewide, nationally, internationally, even intergalactically. But every time I turn around, Trump's longtime attorney, Michael Cohen, is in the news. Now the word is, is he took massive payments from major corporations, from the Russians maybe during the campaign. What's going on with Michael Cohen and the money? Following this more closely than I possibly can is our fine news radio 1025 national correspondent, Michael Bauer. Hey, Michael, good morning. Thanks for coming on and sorting all of this out. What do we need to know? Good morning, bud. Happy Friday to you. What we know right now is that there have been concerns in regards to what Michael Avenatti, who is the lawyer for Stormy Daniels, released. He's the one that started this whole process in finding out that Michael Cohen had these consulting jobs that he had created after the 2016 election, and more importantly, sometimes immediately after the inauguration of President Trump, where he said he had unlimited access to President Trump and began selling himself and his consultancy based upon all of that information. Now, Michael Avenatti released bank records that indicated some of these payments. Part of the problem therein is a lawyer releasing bank records on social media. That seems to be a big question. The second part of that is where did he get this information from? How did Michael Avenatti get that? So the Treasury Department has opened up an investigation into whether those bank records uh, were illegally obtained by Michael Avenatti and then released on the Internet. Uh, Rich Delmar, the general counsel for the Treasury Department's Office of Inspector General, says that they're looking to see if those disclosures in Avenatti's Project Sunlight, which is what he called that whole thing where he was releasing the bank records for Cohen, violated the Bank Secrecy Act, which allows the Treasury Department to collect information on suspicious bank transfers. Most of those, bud, over $10,000 of a payment of some kind becomes a suspicious bank transfer. Those are collected by the Treasury Department. Most often investigated, found nothing, you know, a house payment or a down payment on a house of some kind. Yeah. But they are subject to strict privacy provisions that clearly Avenatti has not worked in favor of at this point. What is his motivation here? I mean, just to compromise Cohen as much as he can, and ultimately the president of the United States, Donald Trump? What's going on with Avenatti? 
It, it seems like that's kind of the direction. I mean, he, listen, at the end of the day, I think he's working on his case, and, and in that case, in regards to the Stormy Daniels element of this and trying to get Stormy Daniels out of her NDA that uh, Michael Cohen had set up for the president, that whole concept of this has seemed to go a little bit further and, and reaching further outside of that. Um, this particular story where he released this information wanted to, according to reports and according to what he said, he wanted to highlight that Michael Cohen isn't such an up-and-up kind of guy, you know, that he had this shell company, the one that paid Stormy Daniels, was also then receiving money from people like AT&T, from people like Navaris and other companies yeah. that he was consulting for. But one of those companies had Russian ties, ties to a Russian oligarch. Right. And with that, he's trying to make a case for whether or not there were Trump slash Cohen Russian ties that even carried over into the Stormy Daniels case. I heard a quick comment. They caught Michael Cohen on the fly trying to get in a taxi cab and away from reporters, and he said there are inaccuracies in these reports. I mean, is that kind of where we stand here? In this case, there are. There are a couple. There's a couple of other Michael Cohen, at least in, in, this, in this disclosure of bank information, it was sort of a blanketed version of Michael Cohen. There were the Michael Cohen that we know as the, as the lawyer for President Trump. Yeah. There were a couple of other ones. NBC News found at least one other Michael Cohen that Avenatti allegedly included in this mistake. A guy, some guy who was paid $980 by two people in Kenya that had absolutely nothing to do with President Trump. Uh-huh. Uh, he's a, an avionic technician. And another Michael Cohen from Canada also included in the bank documents released by Avenatti. So there were a couple of mistakes in regards to that information, but Avenatti standing firm on the ground. That, and, and clearly what this has also done is caused the people who did work with Cohen, AT&T, for example, saying this morning they paid him $600,000 wow. in hopes that he would be able to help them with the merger in Time Warner. So kind of, kind of also maybe, that, maybe trying to get access to um, the president during the campaign and figure this new guy Trump out, right? And that, that was sure, part exactly. of what Cohen said, hey, I'm close to the guy, sure. Pay me some money, and uh, I'll connect you a little tighter to the president. It's all unsavory stuff in this sense. The president's trying to drain the swamp. This is about as swampy as it gets as I look at it, Michael. Absolutely. Ethically, this is a big issue that is going to have to be addressed here, because especially on the other element, too. Like, if we're talking about the swamp and lobbyists and lobbyist money, it, this is all that kind of a job. But in this case, Michael Cohen didn't uh, align himself with the lobbyists. He didn't fill out the proper paperwork. So he's just doing this behind the scenes on top of it all. So it does look ethically charged here, and there are a lot of ethical questions going into what was dead, done, what was said. You know, there was one particular case where uh, where it looks as though, at least Senator Blumenthal is saying, Cohen delivered after Russian oligarch transferred $500,000 to him. He presented a proposal for lifting Russia's sanctions right. in person to Michael Flynn. Is there a tie there? We don't know, but there's certainly the ethical questions that go into play with a guy acting like this. Man, you got a handle on this stuff. It's making my head explode. We're out of time. <laughs> Michael Bauer, News Radio 1025 National Correspondent. Thank you. Happy Friday back at you. Have a nice weekend. Enjoy, bud. All right. Thank you very much. <laughs> there you go. Good morning, Orlando. Great to have you with us on a Friday morning at 7 o'clock for our latest check on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this morning yesterday's launch is reset for today. Details coming up in one minute. Coming up on three months since the Parkland School Massacre, my question to you, are you satisfied with how well your kids at school are being protected? Let's talk next on Good Morning Orlando. 704 on News Radio 1025. SpaceX engineers at Kennedy Space Center had to pull the plug on yesterday's launch of an upgraded Falcon 9 rocket. Onboard computers stopped the clock at 58 seconds until liftoff. 
A SpaceX commentator said it was rescheduled for this afternoon. Uh, we have concluded a preliminary review, however, and uh, have determined that the vehicle and payload are in good health and will be aiming to uh, launch tomorrow during our backup launch window at 4.14 p.m. Eastern Time, closing at 6.21 p.m. Eastern Time. The rocket is carrying a communications satellite for the nation of Bangladesh. Today's weather forecast is still encouraging, although not as good as yesterday's. This Block 5 is interesting. They say it will be reusable with virtually no rehab needed at least 10 times. Further, SpaceX believes lowering the cost of space travel. And that's what they're all about. And in fact, uh, this mission includes um, capturing the uh, booster on this rocket on uh, the drone ship off uh, Florida on, in the Atlantic. Yeah, that, that's always the second act, and it's exciting to anticipate, and we hope it all happens today. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. President Trump was talking 2020 re-election campaign slogans at a rally last night in Elkhart, Indiana. In another two years when we start the heavy campaign, make America great again wouldn't work out too well, right? It's going to be keep... America great because that's exactly where we're heading. In his speech, the president claimed victories on the economy, North Korea, immigration, and a bunch of other issues. Florida Republican Senator Marco Rubio is introducing a bill to protect American workers from economic aggression by China. The Fair Trade with China Enforcement Act would make it illegal for American companies to sell China national security-sensitive technology and intellectual property. Rubio says if we don't take action, the future is dire. They will put our industries out of business, and our children will live in a world where we depend on China for artificial intelligence, for robotics, for new energy vehicles, for aerospace, for pharma. Can you imagine living in a world where the cure to Alzheimer's is controlled by Chinese pharmaceutical companies? Rubio's measure would also tax Chinese profits on investments in the U.S., Adventist Health System has plans to build an emergency department in Polk County. It will be built in Lakeland on more than 100 acres. The health care organization bought last year between I-4 and University Boulevard. A 2020 opening is expected. Police in Altamont Springs are searching for a man who tied up and robbed a couple in their home. Officers released a composite sketch of the suspect yesterday. They say he forced the couple inside their home at the Lakeshore at Altamont Springs Apartments at gunpoint as they returned home on Tuesday. Once inside, police say he tied them up and stole their keys and a cell phone before leaving. No one was hurt. A former UCF and current Jacksonville Jaguars star comes to the rescue stopping a would-be car thief at a team house party. Jaguars quarterback Blake Bortles intercepting a thief from stealing his truck Wednesday night. It happened at the home of Jags offensive lineman Brandon Linder, who was hosting a party with members of the team in attendance. Bortles and teammate Chris Reed noticed a young man skulking around the house. Once they realized he wasn't an invited guest, they tracked him down inside, holding him until police arrived. As it turned out, that young man, Joseph Horton, was seen on surveillance trying to steal Bortles' pickup, which was unlocked with the keys inside as well as the QB's wallet. Horton, though, was boxed in and couldn't make a break for it. The 18-year-old has been charged with burglary, grand theft, and trespassing. Matt Napolitano, Fox News. Must be nice to have Blake Bortles' money where you can just leave your car keys in your vehicle and your wallet. And if you know, probably no big deal if it had been taken. Yeah, I was thinking that. You're right. It would be nice. <laughs> WFLA News Time is 7.08. A paramedic stops for a Slurpee and ends up saving a man's life. That story's online at 1025wfla.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News. 
weather and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Thanks, Alan. Yaffe in the control room producing and screening steps away today. 407 916 5400. Text line 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. Hey, it's free movie Friday with Adam Tickets. It is backed by popular demand. Here is your chance to win free movie tickets to the Avenger flick, whatever else is out there. Text them now. Text RECORD, R-E-C-O-R-D, to A-T-O-M-1 or 28661 for your chance to win free movie tickets. The Adams Ticket app, it is incredible. It's where you can browse movie titles, buy tickets, and much, much more. Fantastic. Stay tuned now for your shot of winning your share of $880,000 in cash. And to make your wallet great again texting contest, just listen in seconds for your new keyword of the hour. Then I want you to text that word to 200-200, and you're in the running to be our next $1,000 winner like we had recently in Deltona. So it happens, and it can happen for you, but you've got to text the keyword that is coming up. Then my question as we hit this coming Monday, three months since the school massacre claiming 17 lives down in Broward County at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. After that, it was all about securing all of our schools to protect our kids from the next mass killer on the prowl. I I think a lot of what we said we were going to do has never been done, and my question to you as another county in my view falls short. I'll get into what Brevard County is doing. My question to you, you got kids, you got grandkids in school, are you satisfied with what measures have been taken post-Parkland massacre to keep them safe? What's been done, and do you believe it has been enough? 407-916-5400. Call me. Text me at 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. An update coming up in two minutes as well here on News Radio 1025 WFLA on news, weather, and traffic. We're all screaming for maxing out on school security after the Parkland School Massacre and 17 people. A lot of students and some staff were slaughtered down in Broward County on the 14th of February. And this Monday, it'll be exactly three months. Um, Initially, I was a big proponent, and some of you were as well, of, um, on a voluntary basis, training and arming teachers in schools. Too much political pushback. That got watered down by the legislature into not allowing teachers but allowing staff members on a voluntary basis to participate in this. They called it the Marshall Program, like like the Sky Marshals on the plane. Nobody else would know who had taken this training and who was packing heat in the school. Okay, that wasn't as good, but it was better than anything else that we could get done politically. But most school districts, almost all, in fact, that I am aware of, have turned away from this and said, we we don't care whether it's just good guys with guns. We don't want guns in our gun-free schools. Um, we're not going down that route. And I'm not aware of a single district in central Florida since the Parkland Massacre that has instituted the available school marshal program to arm staff. Funding available from the state, as we know, with a legislative package that was passed in the wake of the massacre. Out in Brevard County, they looked at the uh, arming of school staff, and Sheriff Ivey wanted that. It was his stomp program this week. Um, there was a vote to turn away from that and instead to opt to hire full-time armed security specialists, pay them $40,000-plus a year, 
a $1.2 million budget for it? I don't know. There's a lot of schools in Brevard County. It's almost 100 miles long, skinny little county. A lot of schools and a lot of good ones. When I do the math, 1.2 mil, 40 plus thousand dollars a year, you get about 30 of these security specialists who will be trained. That doesn't sound to me like it covers all the schools and, you know, no more than one per school if you do the math. Is that enough? I don't care if you have a sheriff's deputy, an armed resource officer, if you have a trained security specialist or whatever you have. You know, if you only have one of them on the school campus, you know, we know that didn't stop Nicholas Cruz at the school in in Parkland, Florida. School resource officer wimped out, but even if he had been there, he's only one man. In his uniform, he might have been the first guy taken out. My question to you is, I think when you look at it, we were talking a good game, but nobody really wanted to make the bold moves to make sure we have as many armed teachers, staff members inside the school, which is the best protection there can be. And we've turned away from these fixes. And Brevard County's come up with something that, by all I read, is the latest county now to fall short of protecting our kids that we were all fanatically committed to and demanding be done post-Parkland massacre just three months ago. My question to you, what are we doing? Very little, as I see it, that's significant. Better locks on the doors, some bulletproof glass in the school? Is that enough? Are you satisfied with that? Where your kids go to school, do you send them to school worried every morning? Are you happy with what's been done? If so, please tell me what has been done that makes you feel that your kids are now far safer than they were three months ago. It just looks to me like a big nothing burger in terms of really maxing out on increased school security. Do you agree or disagree? And are you happy with security at your kids' school? Tell me. 407-916-5400 or text me at 23680. Standard message and data rates apply there. Gaffey, it's amazing to me. We had the legislature pass this package. It wasn't as good. They wouldn't allow the teachers to be armed, which I think on a voluntary basis would have been the best. School staff instead, the Marshall program. I know of no school district within the sound of my voice that has opted to institute that. And I think we're falling short and failing our kids that we were committed to protecting from the next mass killer. Yeah, and I think a lot of it has to do with politics, frankly. There's too many leftists in these schools that really believe that the gun is the problem. So when you believe that the gun is the problem, you're not going to want more guns in schools. I think on the text line, you've got somebody who agrees with you coming in. Yeah, one person says the Orange County schools are run by Democrats. They won't arm teachers even... If we have former military who are teachers now, that that would be perfect, says we need to ask parents, not the Democrat school board. Let's go to the phones. Travis, good morning to you from Mount Dora on this issue. It's good to have you with us. Thanks, bud. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. I do not think enough is being done, but I, I'd like to change the the point of view or conversation a little bit. As much as I'm for arming teachers, I'm more so against disarming teachers, and I think we need to look at it from that point of view. Your, your, your legal right to carry is taken away 
when you go into a school. So we've already disarmed them. I don't know that we need to talk about arming them as much. I know practically that that's what is yeah. the conversation, but I'm just against them being disarmed. Yeah, it's the, the, the gun-free zones, it remains, you know, it remains a magnet. You know, it, it does. It's a fish-in-a-barrel scenario. And I, I think, you know, we're saying, well, you know, we got a school resource officer. We didn't have that before. Is he going to be in the right place at the right time? He's got a uniform on. Is he going to be the first one the mass killer takes out with an AR-15? I mean, really? I mean, how, 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 how can you allow virtually no security upgrades in the school where your child attends three months post-Parkland? I don't, I don't know how you can send your kids to school every morning knowing that, essentially, it's still fish in a barrel. Scott in Orlando. Good morning, Scott. Uh, but I agree with you 100%. I dropped my kid off to school this morning. Um, there's one person sitting in his SUV at the student parking lot. There's nobody at the teacher parking lot entrance. There's like four entrances to the school, and there's only one person. You know, and the other thing is with these student walkouts, when you got 200 people standing outside, you're talking about fish in a barrel. You know, they advertise these walkouts and all these students walk out and the school's letting it happen. So you got more fish in a barrel to shoot at, you know, and I think the school needs to take the security in-house, take it out of the sheriff's department because we saw what happened in South Florida. Uh, Scott Israel should be... Um, be yeah, the, the sheriff in Broward is really embattled and as well he might be, and I'm inclined to agree with you in, in on that score. Um, but it is, you know, this is something parents are going to have to demand and mass, or you're never going to get the big time security upgrades that your kids need and so richly deserve. Okay, parents are going to have to demand more than the politicians and the establishment are willing to do at this point. Bottom of the hour, Alan Spector on a Friday brings us the news. No word yet on the identity of that woman whose body was found in an Orange County retention pond. And a firefighter's March of the Bulls starting in Key West, winding up in Tallahassee. Good morning, Orlando, from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Halfway mark on a Friday morning. So glad you're along for the ride. Good morning to you at 7.30. Hey there at the bottom of the 7 o'clock hour. Time for a news update with Alan Spector and... um. Locally, we have a tragedy kind of wrapped in a mystery this morning. What can you tell us? Well, Bud, there is still no word on the identity of the person whose body was found yesterday in a retention pond in Orange County. Now, a witness thought it was a teenage boy he saw in the water near Goldenrod Road and Colonial Drive, but Sheriff Spokesman Jeff Williamson announced it was a young woman. Uh, The female appears to be a dark-skinned Hispanic or black female, late teens, early 20s. We're working on identification. We have some preliminary information regarding that, but we're still trying to work all those leads. The witness also said he heard the person in the water shouting about being bitten, and while there are alligators in that pond, Williamson said there were no bite marks or other damage to the woman's body. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Central Florida's first cruise ship to sail to Cuba is back. The Norwegian Sun docked at Port Canaveral this morning after a week-long voyage to Cuba. There were nearly 2,000 passengers aboard. The ship leaves for its next voyage to the island nation on Monday. A retired firefighter from Orange County completes a 650-mile walk from Key West to the state capital in Tallahassee, all to make a point about cancer. Bull Hill started his walk across Florida to honor two firefighting friends who died before their time. I didn't set out to be a champion for cancer. 
I set out to honor two guys and their families that I watched suffer. And I didn't know how to honor them other than to walk. Didn't matter if it was 700 miles, 50 miles, or 1,000 miles. It was just walking, something big will happen. The March of the Bull has become something more than a personal tribute. It's a symbol for people who want more financial support for the families of firefighters killed by cancer. They are exposed to some rather nasty chemicals on the job and are twice as likely to die of cancer as the general public. What a man, what a mission, and what, what an unbelievable achievement what he's done. Wow. Yeah. Nearly half the people planning to take a vacation this summer plan to visit a theme park. Good news for us, I think. AAA says 45% of all vacationers it surveyed say they'll visit a theme park this year. Among Floridians, that number is 51%. The only destinations more popular than theme parks, beaches and lakes. Well, it's good news for business. Bad news if you're standing in line. Because the lines are longer. <laughs> Can't have it all, right, Alan? Yeah, well, it's all about you, isn't it, bud? Well, pretty much, yeah. And me. The coach of the Tampa Bay Lightning says his guys are confident heading into Game 1 of the NHL Eastern Conference Final, but John Cooper says the upcoming series against the Washington Capitals will be the Bolts' toughest test yet. We tell our guys, like, you're doing things well, but you got to find a way to do it better. You have to challenge yourself and do it even that much better. And um, guys are going to have to dig deep, and that's what we need to do. Tonight's game is at Amelie Arena. It starts at 8. Elsewhere, bud, mm-hmm. many millennials won't have to travel to celebrate Mother's Day. A new analysis by Zillow shows nearly 25% of them are living with their mom. That's about 12 million people between the ages of 24 and 36 and the highest number in a decade. Almost 12% of the millennials living with their moms are unemployed. And Yaffe, how old are millennials between what age and what age now? Because you're one of them, right? You're like you an know, aging fun- millennial? Yeah, it's funny. I I hear different <laughs> explanations for what a millennial is. I think it's like eighteen to thirty four, something like that. Yeah, I think or like twenty one to thirty four, some somewhere in that range. Yeah. What's the deal with all of these millennials living with mom? You know, I don't understand I mean, why we still have that. They can't find a good job or something. I guess I don't know. But I mean, just that, that that's a big part of it yeah. is uh, low paying jobs plus the the price for housing has skyrocketed. At least yeah. it has here. <laughs> Interesting. Well, it makes for a good Mother's Day celebration, okay? You don't have to worry about a long-distance phone call <laughs> right there right. in the next room. <laughs> Ma! Happy Mother's Day! <laughs> right? Thank you, son! That's very sweet! Where's the meatloaf? <laughs> the oldest living American is dead. Delphine Gibson of Pennsylvania died Wednesday at the age of 114. Man, oh man. As Seth Meyers once said on Saturday Night Live's Weekend Update, it's like there's some sort of curse that goes with the title Oldest Living American. There is. They drop it like flies. Every time you turn around and do a story, bang, they're gone. Delphine was born in 1903, credited her longevity to her faith and her church family. Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolfe mourned her death, calling her an incredible Pennsylvanian who'll be missed. Now, the oldest living American is believed to be 113-year-old Bud Hedinger, of Orla- No, I'm sorry. It's a misprint. It's a misprint. 113-year-old Lessie Brown of Ohio. You're a riot, Alan. You're a riot. I am. Yeah. Yeah, he's just a little bit younger than and, that. And, just a tad. And, and, and what is her name? What is her name? Lessie Brown. She just needs to be careful. Yeah. You know. She's next. Yeah, you could well <laughs> a be. a target on her back. <laughs> Yaffe, we know that Trump derangement syndrome is running rampant among the Democrats and the liberals. 
Can you die from Trump derangement syndrome? I don't know if the epidemic has reached those heights yet, but I mean, we'll see. It's definitely an epidemic out there. But if you can die from Trump derangement syndrome, there are not enough body bags in the country (laughs) to accommodate the corpses. This is a really good point. Man, you know, I'm very, very worried about it. The left is going apoplectic, and I think it just might be too much, and people are going to be keeling over left and right. Uh, It's amazing how Trump continues to drive the liberals nuts with one success after another. And I think, you know, when you take a look at it, whether it's freeing the North Korean um, prisoners and the big scene and the tarmac, you know, MSNBC and CNN was like, well, it was all orchestrated. They're going to turn it into campaign ads and all of this. It was just oh, a show. I mean, like, OK, like Obama wouldn't have done the same thing. Oh, used I don't know. it for his campaign. Well, I'm not sure he would have stayed up till three o'clock in the morning. Uh, but uh, at well, any no, rate. but I mean, they're saying he's going to use it for his campaign. Oh, yeah, of yeah. course, he is. Any president would. You know, you've got the economy. You've got unemployment at record lows and all time lows for Black Americans and Hispanic Americans. Uh, I mean, it 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 just it's amazing to me. A new poll out showing that uh, 57 percent of Americans, including well over 60 percent of Democrats. When asked the question, how are things going in America, they say things are going well. That's a percentage, 57%, that Obama never achieved in eight years. And and they don't know what to do with Trump. He continues to lob grenades at the establishment, at the leftists, and at established positions in this country. You know, he was elected to shake things up, and he has done it in one case after another. I mean, the whole situation with North Korea. He just, he terrified Kim Jong-un and his regime. That My God, he'll nuke us, you know? And they came to the table when nobody could get them to the table. The summit meeting, I, I'm believing, is going to bear great fruit when it comes up on the 12th of June in Singapore. But, I mean, there's no end to this. He's moved the capital of Jerusalem, or the capital of Israel, uh, from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. It's going to be opening this coming Monday. Everybody said, oh, my God, you'll blow up the Middle East. Pulls us out of the Iran deal. Oh, my God, you're going to blow up the Middle East and the rest of the world. Tell NATO they got to pay their fair share or we're getting out. And they pay their fair share. We didn't blow up the alliance. And it goes on and on and on. And, and, And I've never seen anything like it. And I think it's why... We are now going to see more continuous coverage of Stormy Daniels and special counsel Robert Mueller because it's either Mueller or the women that are going to take Trump down. That is now about all the left can hang their collective hats on. I really do. I think look for more of it because nothing else is working because the stuff Trump's doing is working. I mean, they have definitely tried a lot of different things. I mean, it just seemed seemed like a few weeks ago they said he was going to bring us to nuclear war. That didn't happen. They said he was mentally unstable and should be removed from the by the 25th Amendment. Yes. Well, that's obviously not true. So they keep finding new reasons, but I think you're right. They're going to focus on those two things especially. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't wish death to anybody, but if you can die from Trump derangement syndrome, there's an awful lot of people on the on on the left who are right on the brink right now <laughs> and the body count would be astounding. We'll see.
Anyway, frankly, from my perspective, perhaps from yours, it's kind of been fun to watch. And I think Trump's kind of enjoying it, too. (sighs) 7.58 on the 50,000-watt front porch. The Bud Man here with the Affy in the control room. Alan Spector about to bring us the news. Steps off this morning. Uh, We're going to have a live report on um, on the on the the North Korean summit. Looks like this thing is locked in in stone, and we got big trouble in the Middle East right now. Advantage Israel over Iran for sure. We're going to get an update on this from our News Radio One Hundred Two Five National Correspondent working the foreign desk this morning, the great Bill Zimfer. So stay tuned. You don't want to miss that. Then I'm going to open up the phones and ask you this question: What do you think will happen? with the summit between Trump and Kim Jong-un of North Korea. Will it ultimately happen? Will it fall apart? When it does happen, what will be the result of it? 407-916-5400. You can get in early on that. Hey, it's Free Movie Friday. Wanted to mention this. Adam Tickets back with Free Movie Friday here on WFLA. And good morning, Orlando. How would you like to win free movie tickets to the Avengers flick? Whatever is out there, you can do it. Here's how you do it. You've got to text Adam Tickets now. Text RECORD, R-E-C-O-R-D, to A-T-O-M-1. That's 28661 for your chance to win free movie tickets. And who wouldn't love that? The Adam's Ticket app is amazing. Check it out. Download it. You will love it. This is where you browse movie titles, buy tickets, and much, much more. Have fun with it. It's free Movie Friday from Adam Tickets. Alan with a news update at the top of the hour. SpaceX tries again today to launch the new Falcon 9 Block 5 rocket. He'll have the very latest on the time frame there. And Legoland announcing a major expansion. Good morning, Orlando from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. It's 8 o'clock. Good morning, Orlando. Delighted to have you with us on the Friday edition of the show here at 8 o'clock. You're just in time as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you right here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this morning SpaceX. Prize again today. Details coming up in one minute. A live report of everything you need to know about the developing summit meeting with North Korea and Israel versus Iran in the Middle East. All next on Good Morning Orlando. 803 on News Radio 1025. There's a 60% chance of favorable weather conditions as SpaceX tries again to launch its new Falcon 9 Block 5 rocket from Kennedy Space Center today. Yesterday's liftoff was aborted just seconds before launch time, as announced by a SpaceX commentator. Um, we threw an abort at just inside of T-minus one minute, as Falcon 9 had taken control of the countdown. Uh, those abor- aborts are part of the standard process to make sure that everything is working just as we're expecting. Uh, much better to have those sorts of uh, signals on the ground rather than any time during ascent. The launch window opens at 4.14 this afternoon and remains open for more than two hours. The rocket is carrying a communications satellite for Bangladesh. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Under the existing Medicaid framework, beneficiaries can get up to three months of retroactive coverage from the date they apply to enroll as long as they were eligible for Medicaid when they received care. Florida Democratic Senator Bill Nelson says Florida wants to change things and not for the better. Now, what the state of Florida is proposing, and this is what is so damaging, is 
to cut that three months of reimbursement for Medicaid down to one month. Nelson said the proposal will directly hurt Floridians with disabilities and seniors in nursing homes. A dozen members of Florida's congressional delegation sent a letter to the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services urging it to turn down Florida's application for a waiver. A Brevard County Sheriff's deputy is recovering from serious injuries sustained in a crash. Deputy Nathaniel Kirk was trying to make a traffic stop on State Road 528 in Cocoa yesterday. Witnesses say Kirk was thrown off his motorcycle when he hit a dead animal and landed in the median. A Central Florida theme park announces a major expansion. Legoland Florida says it's adding the Lego Movie World next spring. Following the success of the Lego Movie, whose characters populate the children's theme park, it'll feature three new rides and a new playscape. The Quest for Chi interactive boat ride will be closed May 29th for a revamp associated with the new attraction. Legoland says it's the biggest change since the Winter Haven-based park opened on the old Cypress Gardens site in 2011. I'm Gordon Bird. At Ponte Vedra Beach, the second round of the Players' Championship is getting underway this morning. Here's what happened on day one. Tiger Woods shooting an even par 72 at Sawgrass Thursday in the first round of the so-called fifth major, the Players' Championship. Tiger, after the round, talking to the Golf Channel. The golf course doesn't seem very hard, but if you're a little off, uh, you get penalized pretty severely here. Woods faring better in the first round than one of his group mates, Phil Mickelson, lefty, shooting a 7-over-79 in the first round, a struggle for him. It's right now a six-way tie atop the leaderboard in the Players Championship at six under par. Among that group, American stars Dustin Johnson and Matt Kutcher. Matt Napolitano, Fox News. Boy, that great matchup we were talking about between Tiger and uh, and Phil didn't turn out so well. And and Phil was a mess yesterday. Seventy nine. It was awful. Ouch. He was he was in a long sleeve white shirt. You know, it looked like he you know that needed to go to the laundry. I think it hamstrung him. I don't think he could swing right. It was terrible to watch him. I like Lefty. I was rooting for him. Anyway. If you're round- wearing the wrong shirt, you can't play golf. I guess not. Round two today. WFLA News time is 8.07. A vicious hazing incident leaves an Alabama high school quarterback with a broken arm. The graphic video is online at 1025wfla.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Thanks, Alan. Alan Spector with the news on Fridays. Yaffe, our executive producer and our screener in Steph's absence this morning. 407 916 5400. If you want to talk, the text line always open, never busy at 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. Right after a live update on the um, latest developments concerning the summit meeting between President Trump and Kim Jong un of North Korea and the situation going on in the Middle East with Israel and Iran, I'll open up the phones and ask you this What do you expect will come from the Kim Jong un Donald Trump? summit meeting. I haven't asked you whether you think it will happen, and if it does, what will be the result of it? 407-916-5400, text line 23680, standard message and data rates apply if you want to get in early there. Stay tuned right now for your shot at winning your share of 880000 bucks in cold cash. It's our ongoing Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. Here's the deal. Just listen now. For the new keyword of the hour, then text that word 200-200. You could be our next $1,000 winner, like we had very recently, still celebrating up in Volusia County. An update, of course, on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic is yours in just two minutes. I'll have that here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. 
So the stage is now set for that summit between President Trump and the North Korean dictator Kim Jong-un. And uh, tensions are sky high in the Middle East between Iran and Israel. Uh, Let's get the very latest on these two very, very important stories as we bring in our News Radio 1025 national correspondent, Bill Zimfer, once again. Bill, good Friday morning to you. Thank you, bud. Good morning. And uh, yeah, the stage is set now. June 12th, Singapore for President Trump and Kim Jong-un. But a lot of work to be done before then, bud. Uh, Most notably, what uh, do we want to get out of this? I think the United States knows what they want going in. In fact, we've been there numerous, so many times before that there are now just initials for it. C-V-I-D. Complete, verifiable, irreversible denuclearization. Yeah. Uh, That's the primary goal. Uh, So what about North North Korea. Well, number one, we have to hammer them and nail them down on what exactly they interpret as denuclearization. It could be different from what we think. And uh, they are also probably going to request a security agreement against uh, American aggression and some economic help. Uh, Lifting of sanctions may be aid in uh, globalizing their economy. So there is a lot of things that have to be done here. And to say that we could get them all figured out in one session between the two may be a little bit optimistic but still big step in the right direction there you have your ear to the ground in all aspects of this remarkable um summit that is um going to be upon us here unless all the wheels come off uh in another month or so what kind of reaction are we getting around the world to this development Well, I think everybody agrees that this is a major step toward peace in that part of the world. And other countries, it should be noted, have signed off on this thing, most notably China, which has given its blessing to this meeting. Japan, South Korea, also, of course, solidly behind this. And I believe it's a consensus really around the world that anything that would uh, stabilize things in the Korean Peninsula and the surrounding area is a plus for everybody else in the world. And I I think that's what the president passed along at that rally yesterday, saying... uh, this is a chance for uh, for peace. Uh, you know, I wouldn't go so far as to say world peace, but certainly it adds to that possibility. Let's um, put the spotlight now on the Middle East. A lot going on there. Of course, um, the president pulled us out of the Iran nuclear deal earlier this week, and um, uh, Iran has been reacting to that, and Saudi Arabia is now uh, making some noise. What can you tell us? Well, Saudi Arabia has jumped solidly into this situation, first of all, by supporting uh, the United States pulling out of the Iran nuclear deal, then supporting Israel in their strike on uh, Iranian bases in Syria by saying Israel has a right to protect themselves. Somewhat of an unusual alliance between Saudi Arabia and some other Arab countries and Israel in this point. Uh, But it is not over yet. Iran continues to say we're going to have to continue on and hopefully can continue on in the Iran nuclear deal with the other countries. If not, uh, maybe we get our nuclear program started up again. That prompted Saudi Arabia to say if Iran starts one, we're going to have one as well. We don't want any proliferation. And uh, as for Iran, maybe they will quiet down in Syria a little bit. But the fear is, bud, uh, they could hand the ball to Hezbollah in uh, Lebanon and say, you guys take over. So there are many, many factions to deal with here. Well, and no shortage of uh, enemies that uh, Israel has to defend itself against. But there has been no more exchange of rocket fire and missile fire between Iran and, um, and, and, and Israel in the last night or so. 
No, no more rocket fire, missile fire, Got little it. exchange of uh, rhetoric, though, with Iran now claiming that uh, they did not fire rockets into the Golan Heights, that there was this was strictly an Iranian airstrike. Very, very interesting there. Israel claims that they had the Iron Dome up and they deflected every yep. single one of those missiles. Always hard to uh, know exactly where the truth lies, except it doesn't generally lie with the mullahs in Iran, does it, Bill? No, it does not. Uh, so, yeah, take everything they say with a grain of salt. Have a great weekend. News Radio 1025 National Correspondent Bill Zimfer, thank you so much for the update on these two big stories. We always appreciate it. You're welcome, bud. You have a good weekend, too. Okay, good deal. Now, tell me, what about this meeting, this summit meeting between Trump and Kim Jong-un? 70% of the American people, 77% polled, say they're glad the meeting's going to happen. How do you feel what do you think ultimately will come from it? And if you don't like Trump, all of this winning, I'm worried about you. How serious is your case of Trump derangement syndrome? And how are you managing all the winning under Trump? You find yourself actually rooting for the guy at some point? Maybe thinking about voting for him next time around? It's Friday. Let's have a little fun with this, shall we? Even though it's very serious stuff, love to hear from you. 407-916-5400. Text me at 23680. Standard message and data rates apply. So, you're enjoying the show on WFLA? I guess you are. 1025 WFLA-FM or AM540. Uh, or you'd be somewhere else on the radio dial, because I know you have a lot of choices. But we can make this radio listening experience even better for you. Have you heard about the amazing high-tech User-friendly, totally redesigned, and absolutely free iHeartRadio app. See what it can do for you. Download it now. The iHeartRadio app is amazing, and it is absolutely free. An update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you in two minutes here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. By nature, I'm an optimistic guy, which is, I guess, why so often I'm disappointed. <laughs> Because my expectations don't always seem to be met. And maybe you think I'm naively optimistic that there will be denuclearization on the Korean Peninsula by the North Koreans as a result of the upcoming summit between dictator Kim Jong-un and President Trump. I mean, it is remarkable that this is even happening. President Trump you know, he isn't sure, of course, and he says, maybe it won't go anywhere, and if it's not being fruitful, I'll just literally get up and walk out, and I could see him doing it. I could see him doing it. But I think he's very optimistic. I think he believes he's got the skill set as a negotiator and a wheeler-dealer to get this done, and um, I, I cannot wait for this to occur, Yaffe. It's just one month out. Bill Zimfer got us all up to date on the arrangements as we have them now. You know, one thing that makes me optimistic is I don't think Kim Jong-un is an ideologue. I don't think he is committed necessarily to communism or, you know, having nukes. Like his old man or his like, granddad who who, yeah, who founded the Communist Republic I think he's a little Korea. crazy. I don't sense that he's just this major ideologue that really is committed to keeping it a communist state. I think there's a part of him that likes the love and attention he is getting now, you know, when he went to South Korea, when they went to the Olympics. Yeah. And I think that is something we could use to leverage a good deal out of this. 
I don't think, you know, when you're dealing with Iran, it's different because Iran, they're religious fanatics, they're ideologues. Right. They believe in that stuff. Good point. I don't sense that with the North Korean dictator. So I actually think it is possible that you could get a decent deal out of this. We have to be cautious and make sure it's a good deal. But I think it's possible. I really do. Yeah, it would be a monumental achievement. It would be an absolute slam dunk yeah. Nobel Peace Prize for President Donald Trump. You know, I mean, it really, really would be. It would be I, – I can't wait to say this, to see this. It's going to last, they say, a day, maybe longer if they need it. I mean, I just wonder what it will come down to, you know. If he's able to, you know, get some kind of an agreement that we're not going to invade, you get rid of so many nukes, and then we still want to get rid of more nukes, and maybe Trump says, hey, listen, get rid of this many nukes, I'll build you a golf course. Get rid of this money more. I'll build <laughs> I you a new palace. I don't know if <laughs> I don't think that's I don't know. necessarily the right you never approach. Know. It's Donald Trump, come on, you know. Yeah, I just gotta... <laughs> I, I don't know. I think I think we need to talk them into getting rid of all their nukes, just totally dismantling their whole nuclear yeah. program. Yeah, and prove that they've done it, and then we'll lift sanctions. Yeah, it has to be a trust, but a verify thing. And I don't even know if you could put trust in there. That was the old Reagan line on the Soviet <laughs> Union, right? Trust but verify, you know. Yeah. And uh, anyway, I mean, we're we're on the threshold of something that best case scenario is literally world changing. Oh yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Bottom of the hour. We have an update coming your way on the news on Fridays. That means you'll hear the voice of my good buddy Alan Spector, focusing among other things on authorities trying to identify who that woman is whose body was found in an Orange County retention pond yesterday. And a firefighter with an extraordinary mission, walking from one end of our vast state to the other to bring attention to cancer among his firefighting colleagues. It's quite a story there. Stay tuned. Then we're going to play the sound judgment for a great prize. You're going to the Lake Ridge Winery in Lake County for a food and wine tasting event and jazz festival. What an awesome prize that is. If you haven't won in 30 days, you are eligible to play Sound Judgment. It is ahead. 30 minutes to go on the Friday edition of the show from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Good morning to you. Coming up on 830. News Now with Alan Spector back from the newsroom with an update on a story that we were talking about yesterday, and we have the very latest locally. Orange County authorities, Bud, are working to identify the young woman whose body was found yesterday in a retention pond near Goldenrod Road and Colonial Drive. Nearby residents say alligators are often seen there, but Sheriff Spokesman Jeff Williamson told reporters... Now, I know that you'll have lots of questions regarding alligator, no alligator. There appears to be no damage to the body, no alligator bites, no... Um, damage to face or or anything like that in perfect condition, uh, just deceased. So there are no alligator bites or anything like that. Williamson described the woman as a dark-skinned Hispanic or black female in her late teens or early 20s. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A march on the state capitol demanding better death benefits for the families of firefighters killed by cancer. They were led by Bull Hill, a retired firefighter from Orange County, who walked more than 650 miles from Key West to Tallahassee to make a point. I'm ashamed to have to even stand on this Capitol. I, I just don't understand how any senator, any legislator, any person from the League of Cities can tell me what I need since they haven't even sat in our shoes. Firefighters are twice as likely to die of cancer as the general public. 
Hill says they're asking for a new law that says any firefighter killed by cancer died in the line of duty, which would mean more benefits for the families left behind. Righto. A man shot last month by Castleberry police died Monday. Police say two officers shot 41-year-old Joseph Hoffman at a home on Griggs Avenue after he shot at them. Those officers are on administrative leave as the FDLE investigates. A man is facing voyeurism charges for taking upskirting videos at UCF's graduation. Jesse Wiggins of Wildwood was arrested this week for taking videos with his phone of a woman and her 10-year-old daughter last week. How twisted is that? Hmm. Two automakers are announcing major recalls. Jeep is recalling 325,000 Jeep Liberty models from 2004 through 2007 for problems that could cause water to get into and rust out parts of the car's suspension. That in turn could cause a driver to lose control of the vehicle. At least one crash has been blamed on the problem. Dealers will make repairs free of charge starting next month. And Mercedes-Benz recalling 43,000 smart cars. There's a problem with the insulation in the 2008 and 2009 models that could potentially cause an engine fire. Jack Callahan, Fox News. And elsewhere, bud, a study shows Mother's Day spending is expected to top $23 billion in the United States. Sounds like a lot. The National Retail Federation says nearly 9 out of 10 Americans will celebrate Mother's Day, and each person will spend an average of 180 bucks. Now, if you're still wondering what to get mom for Mother's Day, another survey shows only 25% of moms want a gift. Three-quarters of them would prefer to do something with the family. Yeah, I th- I like that result. I think that's great. I think that that's the way most moms would see it. Yeah, and saves on shopping. Yes. Eating lots of potatoes will help you lose weight. All right. Researchers at Leeds University in the UK studied about 80 overweight women who went on a 14-week diet. Half of them counted calories while the other half ate foods with a low energy density like potatoes and rice and pasta. The calorie counters lost about 7 pounds on average, while the potato eaters lost nearly 13 pounds. This flies in the face, Yaffe, am I right, of everything we've ever heard? (laughs) I was just about to say, I've always told, you're not supposed to eat pasta, you're not supposed to eat potatoes, you're not supposed to eat bread. The women who uh, ate the low-energy density foods, like the potato, said they felt less hungry and had fewer cravings. So if you need to get mom a gift for Mother's Day, just get her a potato. So tell her she needs to lose weight? <laughs> yeah, that'll go over well. <laughs> you know, Mom, does, you could lose a few. Yeah. Here's a potato. Does this mean I can eat french fries a yep. lot and lose weight? Is that what you're saying, Mr. Spector? Um, I'm not saying anything. Like, <laughs> I just report the news. You know, I what mean, you french do with it is your... <laughs> french fries are potatoes. Yes. That's what I'm gathering. Now, this survey was only done on women, right? Yes. This test was only on... I hope yeah. this works for guys. Maybe that's the problem. I don't know. Anyway, interesting stuff. What else is going on, Alan? Well, maybe next time the prize patrol will check first. Publishers Clearinghouse traveled from Florida, where they're headquartered, and showed up at 80-year-old Ann Bauman's home in Texas on Wednesday. They had the big check and the camera crew. Oh, the whole show. But they didn't have Bauman. She was actually back in Florida at a conference. (laughs) They called her to let her know she had a flower delivery, but that just made her skeptical. So they finally just came out and told her she won $25,000. No word on where they left the big check. (laughs) Crazy stuff. Hello? Alan Publishers always a, clearing out. There you go. 
<laughs> Great having you with us on Fridays, Alan. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. Yeah. I'm glad to be anywhere. <laughs> Me too. And uh, we're ready to go with our sound judgment game. If you want to call in right now and you haven't won in 30 days, you're going to the Lake Ridge Winery Wine and Food Tasting and Jazz Festival. We got a pack of tickets. What a prize this is out in Lake County, but worth the drive from anywhere. Everybody loves this, and you're going on us. Give us a call. Lock in right now, 407-916-5400, We're playing Sound Judgment for a great new prize. And just ahead of that, I'm going to update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you, and I'll do it in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Ready to go on the Sound Judgment game here and a terrific prize for you and your family or friends. Yaffe, what do we got? Yes, bud. Our winner today will win a four-pack of one-day tickets to the Jazz on the Vineyard Green as live music, wine tasting, food and wine at Lake Ridge Winery and Vineyards. It's happening this weekend, May 12th and 13th. Right out in uh, Lake County. You're going to love it. It's just a great, great place and a great, great event, and you're going on us. If you want in but the lines are busy, a wrong answer opens up a line. You can call in at 407-916-5400. We're ready to go. So you talk about working a long day. Wow. Yesterday, President Trump began his day in the wee hours of the morning by greeting those three Americans freed by North Korea. And he wrapped up his day speaking at a campaign-style political rally event last night. Vice President Mike Pence with the president for both events. I want you to listen to a little bit of sound from last night's rally, then use your sound judgment and your knowledge of the news. And this got mentioned early in the show by Alan Spector during the 6 and 7 o'clock hours. So if you were listening then, our loyal listeners are rewarded because you're going to have an edge. I want you to name the state where last night's Trump-Pence rally was held. Let's listen. Every day we are unlocking... New opportunities for prosperity and for peace. All of these changes are happening because America is being respected again. The place was packed. The president was at the top of his game. What a night. What state hosted last night's rally? Let's just start for the fun of it on line three and see how it goes. Go ahead, line three. You're up first. That'd be Indiana. Well, oh, yeah. Elkhart, Indiana, but you didn't have to know that. How did you know it was Indiana? Were you watching? No, I watched the news. Very good, and I love that, and it it gives you an edge, and we do appreciate that. This is a great front. Go ahead. I I miss you as an anchor, by the way. You do? Yeah, you, when I moved down from Detroit, you remind me of uh, Bill Bond. Oh my goodness! Well, that's a great compliment because he was a legend up there. Yeah, I was a, uh, I uh, anchored for Channel Nine, Channel Six, WB eighteen. Anybody who'd help me pay the mortgage, but that was a fair time ago. We've been doing yeah. talk radio on WFLA for the last fifteen years. But thanks for the props, I do appreciate it. And congratulations! Thanks for listening. You've won our sound judgment game. What do you think about that? I, I love it. Thank you. You're going to love the prize. What's your first name, my friend? Uh, 
this is Dave from Sorrento. All right, Dave, wonderful. Yaffe's the uh, Lone Ranger, and Steph's not with us today, so it may take a minute. But if I'll put you on hold, you wait patiently, and he will be there, okay? Will do. Thank you. All right, congratulations. Have fun at that big festival. And, uh, Dave, you are our winner. Hey, you're a winner because Moira is in the house. It's Moira's Mixed Company a unique show here on WFLA. She's the hostess, and she's going to tell you all about it, and it is coming up. My longtime broadcasting buddy Moira has come across the hall. Of course, she's been a staple on the Phillips file for years. Fabulously successful show on our sister station, 104.1 Real Radio in the afternoons. But she's launched a new venture, unique in all the history, I think, of Central Florida Radio, crossed over to WFLA, and on the third Friday of the month, she takes over the station um, starting at 3 o'clock in the afternoon until 6 o'clock with something you named Moira's Mixed Company. Moira, welcome back to the 50,000-watt front porch. For folks who are brand new to this unique concept, explain the show. Moira's Mixed Company is dealing with topics, bud, that your mother told you never to talk about in Mixed Company. Mm -hmm. We can talk about those topics that are sensitive, um, whether it's race, religion, politics, or as I like to say, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. There you go. We can talk about those kind of things where there's no other opportunity to sort of delve into that. Now, we talk sometimes about current events. We have done a show on on guns right after the Parkland shooting. Yes, you did. And we did that show in March right after the February uh, shooting down south. We have talked about Internet dating. We have talked about the making of a millennial. And this month, coming up in May, next Friday, the 18th, we are talking about money and relationships and how this argument can be avoided once and for all with some really good, solid tips on how couples can establish their money future so that they can have their dreams and desires and all their needs met. Yeah, and, and Moira's Mixed Company, and it's it's Friday afternoon, not today, but one week from now. But Correct. we want to give you an opportunity to hear about this, learn about this, get really excited about it, and then become part of the live studio audience. The title is Spender versus Saver. Right. People come into a relationship, they get married, the full bloom of romantic love and all of yeah. this, but they were raised managing money completely differently, and it becomes a rub. That is correct. Uh, the great thing is when people start talking about this, they open up and tell you all the stories of their, I don't want to say dirty laundry, but it is how people navigate those very touchy topics of how to save money. And if I come from a family where we saved and saved and worried about paying the bills, I have a save or a hoarder mentality. Right. Uh, Other people come in and say, oh, you know, I came from a family maybe with a little deeper pockets and I'm okay spending money, not necessarily looking at every price tag. And how do those couples manage it? That's what we're going to talk about. The cool thing about Mixed Company, Bud, in addition to talking about those great things, is we are the only program with a live studio audience like Oprah. And people can come to the program. They can hear the guests that we have booked. But they can also ask questions and participate in the program like the old talk shows uh, of days gone by. Yeah, like Donahue, like uh, for folks who really uh, have been around a while in Oprah, et cetera, you take the microphone around, they become a part of it, and you are on the air on WFLA. It's so fun and exciting, and And we want people to come. Yeah, and listen, and how do folks become a part of the studio audience for this edition of Moira's Mixed Company? It's Friday, May 18th, and they can get their free, mind you, free ticket 
to this. Since we're talking about money, I might as well mention it's free. Yeah, I like um, that. We can talk to the couples. You can both come to the to the show. And you can do that by going to moirasmixedcompany.com. Just as easy as that. Fantastic. I think that's great. We also have all the information on our website, 1025wfla.com. Key word Moira. M-O-I-R-A. Moira. Yeah, I'm glad you spelled that because I'm not sure everybody (laughs) would would know that. If you got some experts on how people can more effectively manage money, I can tell you, Linda and I have been married for well over 40 years. We argue about very little, but at times, particularly in tough times, the arguments we've had have all, as I recall, been focused on managing the money. Right. How do you navigate that as a couple, whether you are newly engaged or, as you say, married 40-plus years? Those topics are they are unique to you as a couple. Everybody comes to it from a unique perspective, certainly. But then it is sort of there's a wide-ranging uh, – there are tips. Now, we have financial therapists on. There are people who do financial therapy hmm. to figure out – so couples can figure out a way – to, uh, you know, sort of make their way through these, these waters. Yeah, it's terrific. Um, my producer, Pinkman, mm-hmm. right, Josh, he is, is, in, is newly engaged. He's going to be married next year. So whether it's that kind of couple who are newly engaged and who are, you know, looking at a life ahead yeah. or somebody, in, you know, who's been married for a long time, all of those people are welcome. It's going to be great. It's a week from today, Correct. 3 to 6 in the afternoon. You do an hour here on the radio. Right. Then you do two hours down the hallway, live studio audience. It's really cool. You will love it. There's no other show like it. You can participate. You can get some great ideas about how to manage the money or share your stories about how you've made it work Thank in you, your Bud. relationship. Exactly right. Moira on the 50,000-watt front porch and host of Moira's Mixed Company, the third Friday afternoon of every month here on WFLA. Next Friday the 18th from 3 until 6, Moira's Mixed Company. Check it all out at 1025wfla.com, keyword Moira. That'll put a wrap on this day and this week here on Good Morning Orlando. And uh, for Yaffe, for Alan, for the whole team, the Bud Man here, thank you. Have a great weekend. God bless you, and as always, God bless America.